welcome to the eighth episode of Turning On, the podcast all about living life in a state of turn on. My name is Elizabeth Hunter and I'm a sexuality and pleasure coach. I started this podcast because I believe that pleasure is our natural state of being and it's our conditioning, past pain and daily stressors that fog up this natural pleasure-filled core of ours. It's my hope that with this podcast, you can release some of these blocks by normalizing the juicy conversations around sex and pleasure that we have on the podcast. So I've been trained as a tantric somatic um, coach within a tantric somatic methodology. um, And I've learned how these tools can help us dissolve exactly those things I mentioned that block us from living a turned on life. And today, in this conversation, I speak to my lovely friend, Denise Akoy, about Tantra, about dancing naked, about polarity, and the beauty of the healthy masculine. If you've been wondering what the hell Tantra actually is, and how it relates to our sexuality, this is the episode for you. I can't wait to hear what you think. And as always, I'll be mentioning all the books, all the media, all the people that we talk about uh, in the show notes below. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, everyone. I feel like I start these little intro blurbs the same every time, uh, but I am genuine in my feelings every time. I think you guys are in for a treat um, because today I'm speaking to the lovely Denise Koy. Welcome, Denise. Thank you um, for having me. Mm, it's my pleasure. And she's going to be sharing with us a lot of things more about her story, her mission, her values, and uh, a couple of topics that she's passionate about, um, amongst others, Tantra, the non-duality of emotions, living your best life, and much, much, much more. Um, So yeah, I think I'm just going to pose the first question, and that is, hi, Denise, would you like to introduce yourself to us? Hello. (laughs) Yes. So um, I'm just starting as a sex, love and relationship coach. And I'm actually a tantric coach. So I use tantra in my methodology. And um, I came from uh, the fashion world. I graduated uh, fashion school in like 10 years ago. So I worked in fashion for 10 years. And um, yeah, I was bored with that. I had no um, challenges there anymore. Uh, and I felt useless. And I'm also a dance performer in the weekend. So I had some exciting things to do in the weekends until Corona hits and the lockdown hits <laughs> and then only work was left. And I thought, no, this is not what I want to do. I was longing to do something more fulfilling in my life, um, to, uh, create a better future for everybody and for the world. And uh, I thought there is enough clothing in the world and we don't need more clothing. Uh, But what we do need is help with relating and connecting. Mm -hmm. And so I started to uh, an education last year and that's where I met you. (laughs) (laughs) And everything I learned on my journey, I am using in my coaching. And I coach men and women and also couples. Mm, amazing. Thank you. And can you, like, I love the um, how I think there's probably more people in the world that can relate to that, how all of a sudden lockdown and Corona kind of was this reset moment that really made you reevaluate um, what was important and what you actually wanted to do. Um, but I'm sure that like wanting to work with issues around sex and love and relationship that didn't come out of nowhere. That interest must have been there for a while already. What was your journey with that, that kind of led you to wanting to help uh, contribute to the world with that theme, with a tantric theme? Yes. So growing up, emotions didn't exist. And I, I learned to push away the emotions, not to feel, not to feel my body, to be disconnected. That was, mm. that was good. Just not talking about stuff and um, just, yeah, not expressing at all. 
And also, I didn't feel, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel seen. Um, so uh, I did have a relationship of seven and a half years. And, well, I think it was kind of a codependent relationship where we both were versions that the other partner wanted us to be. Mm. And when uh, when that ended, that's uh, also about 10 years ago, I lived in Amsterdam and I graduated from fashion school. And I had uh, the weekends off, I had money, <laughs> so I started partying like crazy. And um, I was this typical typical girl with daddy issues, just bringing home <laughs> a guy every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of fun for a long time, and until it wasn't. Um, and they never stuck around. And um, I didn't understand why then, because I didn't know anything about relating relationship and love and opening up and showing myself. And um, so... Uh, I started to recognize these patterns of choosing men who were emotionally unavailable, always leaving me. And that was the same with my father, emotionally unavailable. And uh, I started reading about it. I started picking up books to work on myself. And um, then I just I learned that I could do something about this and I can learn about this and that these things don't go by itself. And everybody thinks that it has to be this natural flow and it's, you know, that you find someone and uh, be ha- live happily ever after. And that is just not true. Not for most people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then... Um, when I decided I wanted to do something different than working in fashion, I just was thinking about what can I do? And at first I thought about starting for myself as a graphic designer, um, uh, as a print designer, what I was doing. Uh, and it, it didn't really get me, it didn't get me up my up my feet and uh, I didn't know why. And, and, then, and then this voice came from nowhere, like maybe you should do something with relationships. I was like, what? I cannot do something else. This is what I chose for my life. And now, and it's like, oh, maybe I can do something else. And Corona really pushed me to um, change my life Mm. because I wasn't happy. I was was really, uh, I was kind of depressed in the first year. Um, And uh, it really pushed me to, uh, to do something differently. And I did this course of uh, Sophie Josefina, Healing the Masculine. And that taught me to be, how it is to be in your feminine energy. So it taught me about this polarity thing with masculine and feminine energy. Mm. And I was always in my masculine. And that is uh, exhausting if you are a feminine being. Mm. And then I decided also for myself to start this education and to change my life. Yeah. Nice. Amazing. No, I remember uh, meeting you. Yeah, it was more than a year ago now. And it's it's been a joy to kind of see like uh, your transition, your life changing as my life has also changed uh, since we first met. And I remember you mentioning the, the, the work you've done with Sophia Josefina. And at the time, I was also for the first time learning about polarity and these masculine feminine energies. And I'm sure I think I, I have mentioned some of these themes before on the podcast, but I'm sure many of the listeners aren't really sure what actually what what is that what is the polarity thing what are the masculine and the feminine energies and how does it work aren't we all women or men or or a third fourth sixth category um can you tell us a little bit more about the 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 ideas behind polarity and 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 the feminine masculine energy uh teachings yeah so i see polarity is this natural um uh force or law like a law of nature and you see that in everything so this whole world and our reality is built out of polarities so you have in colors you even have opposite colors or that, that complement each other mm. and you know you have the the light and the dark 
and that, that neither of those can exist without the other. Mm. And that's the same in feminine masculine energy. And actually, you can also call it yin and yang energy. So if you look at the yin yang, the black and the white, and it it it, it is dependent on each other. They exist because of the other. Yeah. And the feminine and the masculine energy, it it is it is a range also, and it exists in every body. In every body, we have feminine energy and masculine energy. Some are more in their masculine energy naturally some are more in their feminine energy naturally some of some of the bodies are in between or flow in between them um so if you are with a masculine core you are you're looking for this polarity and this um this energy and it's like a attraction attraction like a magnet like two poles of a magnet and then you're looking for this feminine pole and if we get aware of these dynamics, then we can use them. Um, and that's what I learned, uh, how, how I can use that, um, how I can use that in relating with myself and relating with, with others. And um, it's a beautiful thing. So even if I would be interacting with a masculine energy, we can also switch around if, if, he, if the other person would love to be in this or her feminine energy i can be in my masculine energy to hold the space so the masculine is more about um, guidance and holding space and taking action setting goals um, creating structures and it's the yang energy it's the the sun energy activation and the feminine energy is more about really feeling in the body and slowing down and about opening up in surrender and you really can you can if you feel into that you know both so even as a woman i use my masculine energy for for example work if i have to do stuff and it's great structures and I have to hold space in my workshops or something. And uh, but I also, I am, I am a feminine energy. My, my core is feminine. So I also love to just relax, um, have a spa day and <laughs> do nothing. Um, just open up and surrender. Mm. Or surrender to a massage or... Yes. Uh, you know, really feel and experience eating foods, being present with that. Mm. Yeah, and if you if you know where you ask or if you know what you need, then you can ask it or you can use it. So, for example, if there is a dynamic that in a couple, for example, that there is no more, um, they don't they don't feel like turned on like anymore. And, and you would like to, yeah, um, revive that energy. Um, then as a woman, you can go more into your feminine to activate the masculine in the man. If you're talking about a, a classical dynamic. Um, and to do that is just to, yeah, move really slower, um, more feminine, maybe dance for your man or um, or ask for his help. And that activates the masculine, like, oh, and then he feels more powerful, like, oh, I'm the man. Mm. And let him guide you. And I think what, what's, I think what I see is the most problem in the dynamic with the relationship is that women now are very much in their masculine energy and they don't allow the men to, to, to guide them anymore. And we're, mm. women are just like, where are strong men? And uh, I want to be led and I want to be pushed against the wall. Where are they? And they're just <laughs> like, um, yeah, you just proved to me that you're masculine enough. But they don't open up and they don't allow it. And what I've learned with this dynamic now, what I see happening is um, that actually women take the first step in um, if you meet somebody. Mm. So women or the, the feminine opens up. And just invites the masculine in. 
um, is by a text message or by eye contact. Like, I'm here, I'm interested. You don't have to do anything. And then the masculine can take the lead by walking up towards you or sending a message back like, hey, I like you and um, let's do something or you want something to drink. Mm. Um, so that's how that works. Nice. No, this really reminds me. Thank you for that explanation. I think that made it quite clear. Um, and, and now that you kind of mentioned the, how women are so often in their masculine energy and um, it brings up a lot of thoughts in me. I think one of them is um, I've read this book or I started reading this book. I still need to finish it. It's called The End of Men and the Rise of Women which is a very <laughs> punchy title. Um, but it talks about how over the past hundred years, if you kind of have a spectrum of typical masculine, feminine traits, energies, uh, dynamics, um, that over the past hundred years, women have kind of on the spectrum moved into the masculine level. And this is kind of on a more sociological scale. So if you look at the way women lead their lives and the choices they make and um, and the roles they take. Um, so women are much more independent. Women are more often the head of the household, actually, the ones that make all the decisions. Women um, in increasing numbers uh, have children uh, and don't stay with the father and then kind of independently have their little family with the father not being very involved. Um, and the types of jobs women do, they have encroached more into uh, the territory of what used to be male jobs. And women are now also, of course, because before, what were the jobs that women were allowed to do? It was being a secretary or a nurse. So obviously, they've expanded into doing more jobs. And as a result, um, men seem to have gone, gone even further into the male territory, into the male side of the spectrum. So rather than moving towards also the middle, they've kind of pushed further back. So I see how women have gotten so independent lately that they don't really need men anymore in those typical roles that men used to play, these archetypes of men, like the warrior, the provider, the protector. Um, the way society is structured these days, women don't need men for those roles anymore. And I can completely see how... Um, how alienating that must be for men. Um, like what role do they play now? I understand that they kind of maybe as a result kind of either try to go even further into that masculine role. And at the same time, um, I saw, oh, uh, I don't know if you've seen Goop Lab on, yes. on Netflix. Yeah. So, oh, and then Sex, Love and Goop. That This was the yes. thing where I watched that. Yeah. There's this um, thing, one of the first episodes, there's this couple and they really like each other. Um, but yeah, the, the spark is kind of not really there anymore sexually. And they've gotten this dynamic of her being the mother of the household, the head of the household. And he's kind of this scolded boy. There's kind of like almost a, yeah, a mother and a, and a scolded boy dynamic. And anyone that's seen the episode and even just imagining it, you can tell that's not a very sexy dynamic for either of them. Like you don't want to feel like you're a little boy that doesn't know any better that's getting scolded with the person that you're trying to sleep with and have a loving sensual relationship with and also for her it must be exhausting you want it she wants to be led and held and guided um and in the episode you could see that she really needed to allow him to kind of take that role of of the king of the of the man of the of the leader uh so that he can feel bolstered and like yes lean into that energy uh and then be able to hold and provide for her um and that's i think the beauty seeing it happen out loud uh, like in real life this uh, changing of the dynamic when you kind of play with that masculine and feminine energy uh and you allow it um and it doesn't have to mean that as a woman, you have to be meek and subservient because that's, I've heard people sometimes say that like, yeah, I went to this workshop and they talked about feminine and masculine energy. And apparently I'm too strong and I need to make myself weaker and smaller. And that's not it at all. That's, that, that's not it. But I can imagine mm -hmm. that it feels that way. Um, but yeah, playing around with it, it can bring you so much, so much juiciness and joy and just, yeah. A sense of safety and being held in relationships yeah i think it is taking us back to a healthy um, mature relating uh, dynamics 
And so what you were saying in the beginning is that we overall see women go into masculine energy. And I think also men are going towards more feminine energy. And that's also because these dynamics don't play out in ourselves and in our relationship, but in the whole world. You can also mm. see cities in these energies, like New York is very masculine and <laughs> Hawaii is very feminine energy. Mm. But you can also understand that people, who, men who are in Hawaii don't, and then the women have to be, have to be so much more feminine. And um, mm. in New York, uh, the um, uh, the men need to be more, even more masculine. And then the women maybe need less of the men because they, they have this energy from the city. Mm. Uh, and what we also see in society now is that um, we think that the masculine is more important. So, for example, the healthcare is like this feminine energy and is paid less, and uh, the more masculine jobs and managing it makes a lot of money and uh, like trading, um, that's more important. Um, but we need to level these two, the feminine and the masculine energies. Mm. Um, so, what we used to have is that the roles were um, laid upon people. So you didn't have any choice. So men would provide and have the job and the women have to take care of the children and care for the family. Mm. And we didn't have any choice in that, like our, our parents and our grandparents. They couldn't even live without each other. They were dependent on each other. Um, and now we are quite in a confused time because we are more free and we, we have a choice. And we have all the choices. So in this time, it's even more important what you want and that you can feel yourself to know what you want to. Um, and, and that's where Tantra also comes in to be more connected to your body, to know what mm. you want. But what we want now is an equality in our relationships. And um, that equality is a bit uh, exaggerated right now. So men have to do women chores and women have to do men chores and men jobs. And that's also fine if you want that, of course, nothing wrong with that. But it also can kill the polarity in your relationship. Mm. And what David Dada is writing about right now in his book, uh, Intimate Communion, he talks about these three different kinds of relationship and that the future relationship is now is to honor our feminine core and to honor our masculine core mm. um, and to um, support each other in that. Yeah. So men are good in holding space, creating this safety for the, for the feminine to open up and to surrender. Mm. And that's where this polarity then um, allows to, to flow and the energy allows to flow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. No, and this also reminds me of the the beautiful. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that sometimes you tap into your your masculine energy when you're holding space in workshops. And uh, this past Sunday, you held space very beautifully um, in a workshop in a in an event uh, uh, where also polarity ended up being a bit of a theme, and we could feel some of that happening in work. Would you like to share a little bit more about that and, and how you experienced this past Sunday? Because I was there too and it was amazing. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm co-creating a naked ecstatic dance together with Lexmi. Mm -hmm. And um, we created this, uh, we did this training where we were with 50 people and we were at some point, it was a whole week. So at some point we were all dancing naked and I had so much fun and I thought... I want to do this more often. I want mm. to create this. And, and she had the same. So, and ecstatic dance is perfectly for this. Um, when we started to create this, we discovered this is so much more than just dancing naked. Mm. And we really took the time to create a beautiful ceremony to uh, let people tap into their bodies, to connect, to give gratitude to their bodies, because um, actually we are just this, souls that are all connected together mm. we're all, all one and we got this body to experience life and mm. um, that's also where tantra is about is experiencing life and to really be conscious about your body and 
what it tells you, what it, what you can feel, all the sensations. Yeah. And um, we are bringing that into a dance, dancing naked. And and in the ceremony, we're taking off our clothing as also layers of fear, of judgment, of shame. And to take it all off and to just dance bare and pure in our essence together. Um, and it was the second time. And we discovered that there are more men showing up for our event. Mm. And we were busy thinking about how can we control this balance, selling uh, tickets for women uh, that are cheaper or duo tickets, a couple tickets. And we thought about stopping uh, selling men tickets then at some point. And then I thought like, but why is this a problem? (laughs) <laughs> why would this be a problem that there are more men because why would you go to this dance is it only to meet women or is it just it's also to have fun and connect with other people yeah. beyond gender and and also to feel a brotherhood or uh to dance around with the same uh with the same sex mm. um so we use this in our uh, ceremony and the theme of uh, last Sunday was uh, polarity. And to make everybody aware that this masculine and feminine energy is in you, in all of us. And uh, that it shouldn't matter if we are with a disbalance. And we are just all here with our human bodies wanting to uh, enjoy life and celebrate mm-hmm. life and feel everything. And create this safe space where everything is allowed to be even if you are frustrated that there are more men or even if you are <laughs> if you do feel intimidated that there are too much men as uh, a woman for example mm. um and uh, i was also thinking like we are talking a lot about safe spaces and what does it actually mean to have mm. a safe space and I think it is about that everything is allowed to be there, that you can express, mm. that you are, um, that you can just let's feel everything that is present. Also within you, especially within you, to create a safe space within you. Mm. And if you can feel everything that is present, you can express it and the energy can move through your body, doesn't get stuck. Yeah. And then you create this space again to fill it up with joy and excitement and um uh yeah you can expand and enjoy Mm. yes yes oh beautiful thank you for sharing that and um i i fully uh agree also i'm i'm very glad in the end that you decided not to try to get the balance uh more balanced uh, to get more women there because in the end i think it was probably like 80 percent men 20 percent women and you guys gave beautiful attention in the opening ceremony to, um, you know, pointing out the balance and then giving everyone an opportunity to maybe share how you feel for it. And I could tell that people were being very open with themselves and with the rest of the group about how they felt. So some of the women did share, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am quite nervous or um, I'm a bit apprehensive. And some of the men also shared that. And um, at some point, you asked the men to also share what they needed from us women. And they shared so beautifully, like, yeah, we need you to trust us and respect us. And we need you to also be playful. And once the dancing started, I didn't really feel that big um, disbalance anymore. I didn't really feel like I was in a super male dominated space anymore. It was just a lot of happy people dancing around very joyfully. Um, And in that space, I think because there was this energy of acceptance and celebration, I could feel all the beautiful elements of masculinity. So I felt very held. I felt very safe. And I felt a lot of playfulness. There was definitely a lot of like action um, in the space around. But that playfulness, that joy, that fun, that was, I think, the main thing I really felt. And I really loved that. And I think it was because... Um, we were able to point that out before we started. And because people were urged to accept whatever was there, uh, that we could co-create this space. Um, so I thought that was very beautiful, uh, especially in a world that tends to, um, yeah, tends to speak negatively about men as a group quite often. Um, 
And while, of course, there are a lot of reasons why we get to be unhappy about the patriarchy and the position that it has put us women in for thousands of years, but at the same time also, you know, we all want to move forward together. We want to, like you mentioned earlier, we want to get more of a balance in the world between these feminine and masculine energies. And I think it was my um, my mentor, Sarah Coxon, who's mentioned before that the world is like a bird <laughs> and feminine masculine is the one feminine energy is the one wing and masculine energy is the other wing. Yes. Um, and the past few years, we've only been flying with the masculine energy. The feminine wing has been tied uh, to the body. And now it's kind of a time where we're finding out, Oh wait, we can actually also use the other wing. And it's a bit shaky because we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, the solution to all of this is not to now cut off the masculine wing it's to start learning to work together um yeah and i think and playing also, around with these uh, yeah 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 <laughs> totally and what it also is is that um yeah so we've been living more in this masculine energy and it's also been in more unhealthy masculine of wanting more and controlling and yes. um and controlling the feminine also mm. and we are suppressed as women and we still feel that and we still fight for that and and that's why we we had to step up and be more aggressive about it to to mm. really claim our new spot and we are yeah. creating our new spot and we have been doing it for a few decades now yeah and still it is a topic and um but i feel that this, there is starting this more softness in it mm. and um yeah we don't have to be like angry of uh, towards men because what what that brings now what i see happening is that men are also afraid of their masculine power mm. and they become more wimpy and more weak and they they um they don't dare to feel their their uh, really yeah, their energy and their aggressiveness in it because mm. um they are also afraid to hurt the feminine now um because they they're also aware of what happens um but we we really need men to be in their power. Yeah. And that doesn't sure. mean that they 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 can hurt us. And if it's if it is if we would mature a bit more in the society, mm. um, then we learn how to express our emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. And it just can flow. And I think that's a big problem now that we yeah, we don't know how to express our emotion or how to feel our emotions um, mm. and that's also where tantra comes in and what a beautiful thing about tantra is there is no there's non-duality so there is no good or bad emotion there is no good or bad this is everything that is and mm. all of your emotions have information to tell you for example anger this shows you about your boundaries and somebody crossed your boundary and you have to express your boundary you have to step up and stand for something and sadness is that well you need some um, support mm. and you need all the whole range of emotion just like a color palette you wouldn't exclude one color to to see right it's mm-hmm. why would you yeah. do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's really feel every emotion and mm. uh, this is also really my journey of course because i didn't feel anything i didn't feel my body and when i started this education we had to practice several hours per week, uh, doing breathing exercises, uh, focusing on our energies and our bodies, um, meditation. And the first half a year, I didn't feel anything. Um, so it took half a year for me to practice this, to to start feeling my body, to feel safe in my body, because I was judging myself that I couldn't feel anything, that it wasn't safe to feel and it was also a training for my nervous system because my nervous system was just overwhelmed all the time. That's why I was disconnected. And I had to bring in the pleasure to support that and to widen this, this spectrum of my nervous system that I can feel more and no more. Um, and it's still uh, expanding and growing. Um, uh, so it's just all one big practice of letting in the emotion um because when you allow the emotion to feel it doesn't even take that long it just it just it just relaxes and flows through your body yes so 
I remember I was reading a book and something really hit me and it hit me in my core wound of being um, uh, being left alone or leaving my partner. Yeah. Um, so my partner would leave me. Mm. And uh, I, I allowed that in the moment and it was it was so painful. And it also just immediately relaxes like, oh, so you really have to push through it. And then the immediately the, the, uh, the space comes back. Yeah. Yeah, it just wants to be felt. Uh, yes, everything just wants to be felt. Yeah, and it's and the, the suppressing that makes it so big and so all-encompassing. That's the struggle, yeah. If you, mm. you push it away and you hold it and don't feel it, that's the whole struggle. And that's 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 what's, um, that, but that's the worst, actually. That's 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 what you feel. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want to feel it. Uh, and, and that's the whole struggle of, yes. of the emotions. And that's what <laughs> I also teach in my coaching sessions. We really go into the body to see where are your blockages and emotions, where are they showing up? And for example, this pressure on the chest. And then I go in and talk with that uh, part um, to see why it's there and what it needs to give acceptance. And then you immediately see there is a relaxing, like, oh, it feels less now. And, And then giving it what it needs just to be seen, just to be felt and being take for, taken care for, giving love to it. Um, and that's how you integrate these pieces and then it flows through. And then it, these things are no more blocking you for the things you want. And you're aware of it. And if it shows up, you can take care of it and it doesn't yes. control you anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that even just this morning uh, when I meditated, uh, I also noticed at some point like I woke up with like very busy thoughts, being worried about a couple of things. And then as I started meditating, they were still kind of raging around in my head. And then at some point I just observed them, they faded away. And all of a sudden I felt like this joy kind of bubble up. And yeah, I felt really good, really kind of high level, just fun, happy energy. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, that joy turned into sadness and it felt really strong for a second. I was almost about to cry. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, this is fine. I'm not judging this. I'm just watching it. And then within another couple seconds again, it was gone. I was like, oh, okay, well, this was another experience I had. Apparently this wanted to be felt and it was allowing myself to just feel that rather than like, Ooh, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not supposed to experience this right now. Or even just thinking, oh, I'm meditating. So I, I should be feeling nothing. I should be feeling <laughs> empty. So I should not allow this to be there. Um, when actually, like you said, emotions really don't last a long time. And learning to allow them to flow through you and hold yourself and give acceptance, that's, that's how you're able to return to what I at least believe is our natural state. I believe our natural state is to experience pleasure and to be in a state of turn on and allowing ourselves to kind of cycle through these emotions as they come is how we get ourselves into that base level of pleasure again, um, which is obviously a very nice place to be. (laughs) And sometimes it does take longer, of course, when you lose a loved one or something big happens, then you take some more time. For sure. Yeah, the body and how how long it needs to be felt, and then it will show up, maybe like every day, and then it becomes less and less. And mm. Mm. and you know, these are all things like we've spoken a bit theoretical. Now we've spoken about allowing emotions and leading into your men- feminine and masculine. Um, and you've mentioned before your methodology is is tantric. Like, what are some things that people do from that? tantric perspective uh to do this this allowing of the emotions this leaning into either your feminine or masculine and and finding more pleasure yeah very good thing to talk about that because (laughs) a lot of people are very interested in tantra and they hear tantra like oh yes i'm gonna do this but nobody actually knows what it is or how to explain it and it is always associated with sexuality and actually in the core how it is started, like um, uh, how it was written, it was not about sexuality. It was a spiritual practice. And I think the, the goal was more to uh, connect with the body and to feel what is present and yeah. allow everything to be there. 
just so that everything can just flow through your body. It's a lot about energy, that the energies, also of the emotions can flow through your body and also the pleasure. Um, uh, and, the, and that's actually the sexual energy and pleasure is, is your life force. And what was also has been written is that um, everything is a tantric practice. Everything can be used as a tantric practice. So also sexuality, and it is a great match because it is about connecting with your uh, body and experience all the sensations. And when we're having sex and our, and our sexuality and our self-pleasure, it's also about uh, sensations. So it is a perfect combination and um, what we've learned in our uh, education is to combine um, feeling emotions and our trauma and our blockages and to support that with pleasure because you can always return to pleasure. And it enhances also our sexuality because we can feel more and we can practice. It is it's actually very practical because it is, there, are, there are practices and um, we use four tools so we use the breath we use movement we use sounding and focusing on, on energy so presence with the energy um, and the breath and the sounding and movement it all um, uh, supports moving energy through the body so we're starting with breath work or slower breathing, focusing on a spot in the body. And we started with uh, resourcing. So finding a spot in the body that feels good, that feels safe, that feels pleasurable, breathing into that. And this is something you can use when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed, when you want to well, um, slow down or you want to reconnect to your body. Just breathe into a spot that feels nice, that feels relaxed or safe. Um, so we do breath work, we do movement and dancing, um, and use sounding, um, and focusing on the energy and recirculating the energy. Um, I think what we both, in the methodology we use is, is closely uh, connected to sexuality so for example in a practice we can start with some turn on create a little bit of turn on and then you feel some glowing in your pussy or in your penis yes. um, <laughs> breathing into that and circulate through the body mm. um, and then for men for example you can practice instead of uh, orgasming with ejaculation you can learn to uh, keep the energy inside of the body um, and, and maintain your energy and, and keep on uh, orgasming. Yes. And we <laughs> learn to uh, practice making your orgasms longer. And um, if you circulating this energy, um, you can create also different kind of orgasms. And I had this heart orgasm in my chest because this energy was flowing mm. and circulating and it ended up in my chest and exploding there as an orgasm. And so, yeah, I always thought about, like years ago, I thought about there. there's more than this. There's more than what you can see. And Yes, 100%. Um, and yeah, there is. There is so much more. <laughs> I wish everybody knew. <laughs> and still, I have I, now I've learned a lot already. I can, but I can still feel like I'm on the foot of a mountain where there is so much possible. Mm. And and just if you keep on practicing with these tools, um, yeah, there is so much to gain and so much more pleasure to gain. Also, yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's just finding these things that are maybe blocking where we're blocking ourselves and allowing us to move through it and and or even use it as fuel because like we said, there's no there's no bad emotion. So um, can you use your anger or your sadness or your frustration and turn that into an orgasmic experience? Um, and I can give the answer there. Yes, you can. <laughs> it can be yeah. quite enjoyable too. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I think for me, it's, 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 it's like this uh, freedom um, compared to how 
in the society we live in now we're kind of expected to behave and what we're expected to just settle for like you said you you know there's more and i think that that's an experience i also had it was after i after i finished um therapy for depression like in my my early 20s and then you're like sent out into the world like okay you're healed now you're better now you can function as a human and then realizing okay is this what what life is is this it like is this what functioning normally is i know there's more um and it's tools like this that help us uh, reach that more and i'm very glad i did <laughs> yeah and what you need then is radical self-responsibility yes to realize yes. that it's up to you to take the responsibility to to take life in your own hands and create your own reality because even in science now we did discover that we are creating our own reality mm-hmm. um yeah and i think this um uh, in our culture here we, we don't know any ceremony that we move into adulthood So we grow up and we are dependent on our parents and we are literally dependent on the love of our parents to survive. And um, then we create, and of course, they cannot provide in that in every way. And some people, some parents do a poor job in that. (laughs) 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 Because they also didn't know any better. Um, Because we come from, they come from a different timing where maybe survival was more important. But what we actually need is to be seen, to be loved, to to feel seen and to to feel loved and taken care for and feel safe. Um, And if we don't get these things, we create patterns or we adjust in our behavior to try to get what we need. And these patterns, they stay and they play in also in our adult life, in the relationships, they play out. So, and if we attract a partner, we attract a partner that will trigger us in our deepest wounds. So it's like a, a match in our core wounds. And it's lovely, an, and, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's really good to notice and to really realize this because oh, yeah. it's also a big opportunity to learn and to grow and to heal. Mm. And if you don't know that, and if it doesn't work like that, you can re-traumatize each other. Um and if you are aware of it, and if you get aware that this is yourself and your, your own responsibility, that if somebody else triggers you, if you're like, oh, that person makes me feel like this, that is something in you, in yourself. Like, hey, why is this so triggering to me? And probably some of your shadow parts that are playing yeah. out. Um, and and we we... We don't have a ceremony that we go into adulthood like now you have now it is your responsibility to take care of your life and and we get a lot of yeah a lot of times it happens that we get stuck in this um um in this thing that we we still blame our parents for not taking care of us for not loving us or we blame everything outside of ourselves for how our life looks like um yes it's like um, uh, we're in this victim role. Yes. And if you are in a victim role, you don't get any further. It's nice to be in sometimes like, oh, poor me. And oh, look at <laughs> and sometimes you need it for, for some time to be taken mm. care of. And like, yes, I'm really, oh, <laughs> see how sad I am. <laughs> and that's also but sometimes then, just a little bit of self-care. Like, oh, I'm yeah, going to allow myself yeah. to feel like a victim. Yeah. Allow the feeling there. But yeah, at some point. It'd be delicious. Like, yeah. <laughs> like really feel into it also. And then you have to take your responsibility to do something, to take action. Like, okay, yes. so what do I want differently? What do I need? Yes. And, and all these tantric practices help you to connect with your body. Mm-hmm. So you can know and feel what you want. And you can feel your desires, your boundaries. And yeah. And if you are creating a safe space for yourself where you accept all of yourself, um, then yeah, it is so much easier to just feel what you want and to express your boundaries no, mod- no matter what other people think. And that creates a lot of liberation for you. Yes. Calmness. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I fully agree with that, and I uh, I I I see also like this is 
a really important topic, but on so many levels, I think um, in, in psychology, it's known that, so people either have an internal locus of control or an external locus of control. And basically what that means is, do you feel like you are in control of the things that happen in your life? Or do you feel like other elements are in control of what happens in your life? And people who have an external locus of control um, have a higher chance of developing depression. Um, and I, I see so many, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed also with friends around you, I feel like especially my generation, our generation, there are so many people who suffer from burnout. So many. I wish it weren't true, but I have multiple friends that are currently at home sick uh, with burnout. And I, I see that for a lot of them, I mean, there's always different reasons. Obviously, a very toxic work environment is one. Um, I see a lot of a desire to perform well and to prove themselves to others, that plays a role. But also what I see so often is um, that these are people who feel like they're not in control. They feel like, oh, but this is just the way it is. So I just have to do that and um, just realize way too late, way too late, that if you are unhappy in your workplace, you can actually, you are allowed to leave or you are allowed to set boundaries. You are allowed to make, change things. Uh, you have control over um, your work environment. And that realization, I think, will save people so much stress. And we all know that prolonged stress is really bad for the body. I think it's even more harmful than smoking or something. <laughs> um, and it would save us as a society so much money uh, in healthcare, um, which obviously is already, at least here in the Netherlands, mental healthcare is kind of not really on its best chapter ever with all the wait lists and, um, and the difficulties there. Uh, and also, I mean, financially for these people themselves, like it's not, it's not necessarily, um, very good for your own personal life trajectory and finances to have to be sick at home for, a year, two years, because you're in burnout. So to get that responsibility, to take responsibility and to feel like you are in control of your life, to feel that you are not a victim um, is so, so incredibly important. And if you can gain that sense of responsibility through a set of juicy uh, practices around your sexuality, like that sounds like a win-win situation to me. You could also be doing it in a much, much less juicy way. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and this can be fun. And yes, yeah, like you said, um, and I think we are in this huge shift of consciousness that we come from a place that we didn't have any choice. Like our parents or our, our grandparents didn't have any choice. You just did what you do, and um, like um, the government would um, well decide what you do and what role you play. And now we have all this freedom uh, to do whatever we want. And we haven't learned to take care of ourselves for ourselves. And like, what do you need? What do you want? People don't know that. They don't know how yes. to connect to that. And that's why it is so important to connect to your body and mm -hmm. to really feel their sensations. What are there? What is their presence at this moment in this time? What is holding me back? What are the blockages? And we all have these blockages. No matter how yeah. happy we are, and we, we will maintain these blockages and patterns in our whole life. We create new patterns during our lives. And I think the real pandemic in this world right now is our trauma and that we need to address our trauma. Mm. And what I mean with trauma is not like um, a car accident or something heavy that's uh, like PTSD, but also like this smaller trauma of not feeling loved not feeling seen mm. um, and we all have this core wound of not feeling good enough and that's yes. why we adapt to our environment to our partners to our workspace to just yeah to get the validation of others that put a proof that we are good enough mm. and in this tantra methodology and in these practices you learn in uh, in yourself to be whole again that you are good enough that you can love yourself more with self-love and um i believe that if we would all learn this just a little bit more and and to integrate and take care of our traumas all over the world then yeah if we we learn to take care of ourselves we have more space to take care of people around us also to support each other yes and that 
And then there is also space to take care of our environment and to take care of the mm. earth. And I believe that is um, that would create a better future and a healthier future that would be more sustainable. Yes. Oh, I fully agree with you there. That's also so central to my my mission that if we learn to um, take care of ourselves, as we, if we use sexuality as our portal into self-development, we are happier, healthier people. If we meet our own needs first, if we set strong boundaries, our cup is full. So then we can take care of the, those around us more too. We inspire them to do the same. And yeah, and then you get to that new world where people make better decisions. Because when we're happier, healthier people, we take better, more compassionate decisions. And that's, um, yeah, I think what we need. And that's what I personally, what I love so much, like you mentioned earlier at the beginning of this conversation, that at some point you realize, oh yeah, the world has enough clothes. Like I don't, do I need to be helping to make more clothes? Like we have enough. Uh, I think for me also similarly, as I was doing internship after internship in like the corporate agency world, realizing at some point, yeah, you know, this is like fun. Um, but at some point it would start kind of uh, uh, gnawing at me. Like, who am I benefiting? Who am I helping here? What, how does this benefit the world as a whole? And I now very strongly feel that this is, this is my activism. This is how I help get us to a better world, a new world, because I help the people that in turn have their own little form of activism um, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy that there's people like you and me that uh, <laughs> have chosen to follow this path and to make this our our little contribution to to a new planet. Mm, yes, <laughs> and what good news this is that we can use our sexuality yes. and pleasure in this. Yes, <laughs> it gets to be fun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, and especially because in our sexuality and. Um, tapping into our pleasure we also opening up our bodies and then we also allow other parts to come up mm. and take care of that yeah yeah it's it's just a beautiful process and if you change your view towards just emotions and blockages just to yeah to admire it and to witness it with love to see like hey what is this, this emotion to say to me what does it offer me and I can really look uh, at, at my emotions also with, with gratitude. And also I can now look at my past and my upbringing with gratitude. Like, well, this is actually what brought me here and what, what's made me like I am. I wouldn't want to change the thing. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. You wouldn't want to change a thing. And that's that's such a nice spot to get at that gratitude. And like it kind of touches on what you mentioned earlier around, you know, childhood and our parents and they only try the best um, and if you get to a point where you don't feel like, oh, they ruined everything for me, but where you can see, oh, you know, this is the tools they have been given. Yes, um, and these are now the little challenges that I have been given from childhood. And now I take responsibility. I'm no longer yes. going to just sit and point my finger and be like, oh, unhappy with you. But just be like, okay, so these are the cards I've been dealt. This was my experience so far and now it's up to me to make that work for me um and that really like you said is liberating um yeah yeah mm. let's take a deep breath yeah <laughs> <sighs> mm. that's a lot it is a lot i think <laughs> we've also i mean we've almost been talking an hour now so i think I'm going to just ask you one my my last question that I always like to ask um, people on the show, on the show, on the podcast, on an episode, um, and that is, what does living life in a state of turn on mean to you? Hmm. Well, I was yeah, I was like I said, I was always thinking like. Hmm, there's more there's more to life than we can see than we can touch and um, yeah that's what I've been experiencing in, in my journey like and and there is this energy flow in your body and it's your life force and and when it's flowing and when I feel it like when I'm turned on that that is my turn on I feel alive and yes. I think the purpose of life is to experience it full mm. like and get the most out of it but and not only to be happy or to be jo to feel joy and um have a good time 
No, just to feel and experience the whole spectrum. And um, going back to that yin and yang, the dark and the light, if you can really feel the deepest low and depression and wanting to die, then it also gives the opportunity or the, the you can also experience your your fullest aliveness and ecstatic yes. joy. So yeah. you need both and, and the whole range to experience all of life and all, all of the sensations. And I'm sure I will continue to feel more and more. And that's my turn on. Mm. Oh, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> to experience the fullness, to feel that full aliveness, the full spectrum yes. of life. Yeah. To experience life. Mm. Yes. In Beautiful. Everything that it has to offer. Yes, this was so juicy. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Thank you so much, Denise, for, for being here today. Um, and I will be making sure to add uh, all the books we've mentioned, all the people we've mentioned in the show notes, if you want to do some additional research on all of that. Um, and Denise, if people want to find you online, where would they be able to do that? Uh, on my uh, Instagram. Um, they can find me by my name. Denise Koy, K-O-O-I-J. Mm, nice. And I'll make sure to add that to the show notes too, so people can find you. And if there's anything that came up for you based on our conversation or anything you'd like to ask or anything you'd like to know, um, feel free to send either me or Denise a message on Instagram or on my email. Um, we'd be super happy to, to talk to you. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much, Denise. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast another time. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm.